Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and your future planning started yesterday. You need simple, easy strategies to create maximum results. This is The Scotty Show. Time to get your ducks in a row with Scott Leonardi, owner and president of Complete Solutions, Inc. As a certified financial fiduciary with 25 years in the planning industry, Scott helps educate you on how you can make the best decisions for your family and your finances and helps you get your ducks in a row for your incredible future. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Scotty Show with Scott Leonardi. Scott, how are you today? I am doing awesome. How are you doing, brother? Man, I am fantastic. I'm uh, I'm excited. You got a guest in the studio for the for the show today. Who'd you bring in? We do. We do have a guest. Very, very excited today. Excited because it's sunshiny and warm. It was like mm-hmm. 19 degrees a couple days ago, freezing to death, and 70 yesterday. Nice. So that's always good. It's beautiful sunshine, so that's great. But yeah, I got a guest in the studio today with me, uh, Mr. Chris Straley. He's been one of my business partners for about 15 years. And and if you listen to any of my podcasts in the past, you kind of know I talk about holistic planning, right? Looking at a retirement portfolio from all the different angles, you know, health insurance, long-term care, investments, how do you maximize your social security, all those different scenarios. And I often talk about the three kinds of money, the blue money, you know, the emergency money, the green, the secure, guaranteed, fixed money, and of course, the red money. So today, we're kinda, I'm very excited because we're going to talk about the red money. We're going to specialize on the red money, the investments. What should people be thinking about? What should people be doing? And of course, years ago, I when I got in the business, I realized, listen, if I want to talk holistic, I've got to get together with a couple partners. I got to put together a team of planners who are experts. And so I'm excited because Chris is an expert. He's an expert on the mon- managed money area, stocks, bonds. Matter of fact, Chris, I think the your kids call you the uh, what the, the invest- investment nerd. The investment nerd. Yeah, yeah great, investment nerd. great title to have. Exactly yeah. right. So Chris, <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you on the call, on the show today. Thank you very much. I I've been hearing a lot about the Scotty Show. It's world renowned. World renowned. And, yeah. uh, absolutely love being in the studio. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Well, you, I know you've been doing investing with me for the last 15, 16 years, we've worked together, and I think you've been in the business, what, 25, 26 years about, 24 yep. years, long 24 time? 24 years. Yeah. I had hair when I first started. Yeah, 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 yeah. No hair now. No hair now. <laughs> well, a couple, a couple. Yeah, I think you got two there. <laughs> what, what kind of got you into the uh, investment world? What I mean, that's what, what made you go down that path? Yeah, boy, that was a long time ago. I've always been uh, excited about investments, just seeing some of the companies, how they're valued, what's, you know, what's trending, what the different sectors are and all that. But I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but it wasn't until uh, really the tech bubble, the late 90s, mid to late 90s. 90s when everything tech was just going through the roof. Uh, and it was really neat to watch and see portfolios just go crazy. But then we all know what happened with uh, a lot of the tech companies and the tech bubble that everyone talks about. So I saw a lot of people uh, lose an awful lot of money. Dreams just devastated over that when people were overloading. So really, that's what first really piqued my interest to really get into the market to be able to help people and families really concentrate on maybe not taking quite so much risk and not believe in everything we hear in the media. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, you, you mean the media sometimes could not be uh, accurate? <laughs> well, it's like I tell my kids: if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Got to right? be true. I mean, got to be true. Yeah, true, yeah. I tell people like the internet is like Google is like uh, like angels from heaven and Lucifer wrapped up into one package, right? <laughs> yeah, Great stuff and yes. the horrible stuff. So, yes. so good. So as we're going through and we're looking at our you know our clients and our prospects' portfolios, what what type of portfolios typically do we we want to use and utilize for each person, and kind of why? 
Yeah, I love the process that we utilize here, um, sitting down with the clients and the different strategies in the business that you use and I use. So the portfolios that I really focus on using are really utilizing passive management, where we're not trying to dip and dive and buy and sell and act before we we know where the markets are headed. Uh, The passive portfolios really utilize an approach where we're buying all the asset sectors and we're not trying to pick and choose uh, what's going to be the hot hot sector the following year, the following quarter, and really trying to stay really diversified out so that when maybe when large cap value goes up, we own a piece of that. And when large cap value goes down, we also have bonds, we have small cap growth, we have lots of different asset categories so that we're not just kind of tied to, you know, one investment strategy. So these are really, like you said, time tested strategies over a long period of time. We know exactly what the asset categories, how they've performed as well. More importantly, maybe how much risk we've had to take to get those returns as well. So what you're telling me then, uh, there's a pretty big difference between active and and passive investing. And I don't know if a lot of listeners really kind of understand that and get that when they're sitting down with uh, an advisor or trying to get some advice from somebody. I, I don't think nobody really explains that very, very well. So active and passive, big difference there, huh? Absolutely, yes. The uh, active management is what you hear about all the time in the news. That's where we're actually paying someone to try and outperform the market in general. So we're paying them really for their crystal ball. And as we all know, uh, there is no crystal ball out there. Mine's no more clear than than theirs or yours or anyone else's. So why are we, what, what we are thinking all the time is why are we paying for a professional to actively manage or buy and sell constantly actively all day to try and outperform the market when we know it can't be done year in and year out. So really? it's, yeah. again, it just adds cost and a lot of times causes folks to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's yeah. the active strategy and the passive strategy is where I like to say returns happen. It's kind of like hold a long, uh, long strategy, a, a well-diversified portfolio. When we're not buying and selling, we own a lot of different asset categories and let the markets do what the markets do, uh, not based on on the crystal ball theory. Yeah, it's kind of kind of spreading out the risk over multiple areas. Is that kind of more the concept? Absolutely. That's okay, exactly okay, what we're trying. So, so, so if somebody, one of our clients sits, sits down with another advisor, of course, not us, not the dream team here, the there dream go, team, but yes. if they sit down with somebody else and the other person saying, hey, listen, you know, we actively manage this, we buy and sell, we move it around because we know what's going to happen. We, we research the market uh, and we're going to charge you probably a higher fee than most places to do that. What's your response to that? Is that is that sound good or does that sound like a load of uh, you know, stuff? Yeah, yeah, the second part of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's no crystal ball. And when we're looking at a folks portfolio that are, they come in and they're talking about that type of thing, a lot of times they think that a lot of activity is what they're paying for. You know, my advisor bought and sold this. He bought this, moved here, moved into risk, moved into non-risky uh, sectors and things like that. So that's what we see an awful lot of time. And sometimes they even talk about the costs associated with it that we have to, we have to pay a high fee because they are buying and selling so much and they're actively managing this portfolio because a lot of advisors sell on that, unfortunately, where again, that has nothing to do with returns. Many times it adds cost um, because the cost associated with buying and selling stocks or individual holdings many times each day and some and sometimes. So that, so those actually could be possibly higher. I mean, the cost Abs- of the customer. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of times the, the cost to buy and sell a lot of times aren't upfront. They are actually hidden in into the cost of the transaction, uh, but they're there. So the more that they are 
uh, buying and selling, the more cost is associated with it. Really? Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so maybe on an active active management portfolio, then they're not going to be paying for a management fee, a regular man- management maintenance fee, and also be uh, having active selling selling and buying on a constant basis. And those fees are hidden, so you don't really kind of see those fees, right? That's absolutely right. A lot of times, clients, I don't want to say ignorance is bliss, but a lot of times uh-huh. they will not necessarily even see that fee because it's most of the time paid quarterly and it's buried on the last page in the statement. So, as you know, you and I go through the statement and we're able to circle and say, this is exactly what you're paying. Uh, we've seen fees as high as two, two and a quarter percent around the area here, depending on the big brokerage firms, which is just highway robbery. Really. High. Absolutely. High. Yes. Yeah, and on top of that, to your point, there are fees associated with buying and selling when you're selling individual holdings or buying individual holdings. That's a whole nother topic for another day. It's, and you have to be careful when you say this. I say yeah. it slowly. It's the bid ask spread. Yeah, um, if you say it too fast, it's, spread. yeah, yeah kind, of, kind of mushes it together. Yes, that that's right. But it is. <laughs> and I talk fast. I better never say <laughs> better that. Never say that I better fast. never say that at that's all. Right. Exactly. That's, that's right. right. Well, good, good, good. That, that's pretty interesting. So when we're looking at uh, portfolios, and obviously, you know, I'm looking at the whole thing and we say, oh, what should we use as, as the fixed category to protect the, you know, protect the interest and principle. And of course, we're looking at the red money to determine you know, what type of investments really truly do make sense. So what do you think the biggest problem? are when you when we sit down and take a look at those things when you look and analyze them what's kind of the biggest problem with 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 people and, and how they're dealing with their current portfolio yeah, great question. When the families come in, of course, there's no two stories alike. Um, so it, it is nice when they come in and you and I do our fact finders and really try to delve into their, their where they're at on their journey. And some of the biggest problems that we see a lot of times is the families have no idea how much risk they're taking. Yeah. Uh, they feel like they're diversified out. Most of the time in this area, we see really large cap United States companies um, in many mutual funds. So a lot of times clients will come in, gosh, I would say even 75% of the time or more, and we see uh, Vanguard S&P 500, we see Fidelity S&P 500, we see American Funds, Growth Fund of America, all these large cap U.S. companies that even if you own 10 different types of funds, if we look at their top 25 holdings, they're all the same. So you may have 30% of your portfolio in 10 to 12 different stocks, even though you feel like, gosh, I own 20 different mutual funds. How is this happening? So, so, so I'm thinking I'm pretty diversified, spread out over 15 or 8 or 10 or 12 or 15 different ones, and I'm thinking I'm pretty diversified, but actually the back office holdings, the, the, the really the, what makes up those accounts are accurate, kind of the same? Absolutely. A lot of mm-hmm. times we'll run a report that we give to our clients free of charge called the overlap report, and that's where we can actually look and see all of stock holdings inside of the mutual funds. And, and it's just very, very telling because at the end of the report, it shows you the names of the stocks that you own that many folks don't even know they own. They just feel like, you know, well, I went to the bank and the guy told me or lady told me that I'm very diversified. I've got these 12 funds, mutual funds, but that overlap report will tell you exactly, hey, these are the top 25 holdings and they all are holding the same thing, which does great in an up market for US large. Everybody's making money because you're overloaded. But just here recently down 10, 20 12 percent as we're uh, taping this. Uh, U.S. large has been hit pretty good, and so portfolios get hit pretty good. And that's, of course, not a not a good thing when you're feeling like you're diversified or you've been yeah, told you're diversified. Yeah, you've been told you're diversified. Sure, sure. So that so, so I'd probably say that the that overlap report is probably a, a must for for everybody to have that report done and have have it analyzed and taken a look at kind of where they 
currently sit. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. The overlap report is a big, big report that we offer. The other one, again, is oh, it's a little different report, but it talks about exactly how much rate of return that you've received and as well as how much risk did you take to get that. Now we can, um, with technology, it's great when it works, right? But uh, with technology, we can put an actual number, a scientific academic number on the risk that you're taking in the portfolio as well as the returns that you have received historically. Uh, and that's important because if you're um, signed up for a certain amount of risk, you should expect to receive, historically anyway, a certain amount of return. And we don't want to be taking just an unbelievable amount of risk and not not getting an efficient rate of return for that risk. Uh, well, good, good, good. Well, listen, for the listeners out there, if you haven't visited our website, uh, duckduckplan.com, uh, it's a great place to go back and learn a little bit more about what we do, kind of what we're about. And, and I highly recommend that overlap report for everybody. It just makes sense to get a, get an overlap, get a re- review of how that kind of works. Whether you love your advisor or you're not really sure, it's good to get that report just to analyze it and get a second opinion. So go to our website, duckduckplan.com. You can request a, uh, a, a, a face-to-face with us. If you're local, obviously you can request a phone call or a Zoom call. We'd be happy to do that. And again, that overlap report is complimentary. We, we don't charge people for that because people need to kind of know where they're at. So that's um, that's pretty important. So and I also like that idea that the, the rate of return versus risk. So you know what you're saying with that report, that helps us understand, hey, listen, can we possibly take less risk and and, and get a better return or get the same return with less risk? Am I, am I saying that right? And also, let me say this. I always tell people that my financial podcast, the average financial podcast, somebody wants to shoot their in the head after 10 minutes of it. So this has got to be fun. So don't get too in detail on me here. But, but is that kind of accurate? Can we take less risk maybe and get the same or a better return if it's done properly? Yeah, absolutely. The technical term for it or the theory behind it is called the efficient frontier. And again, efficient, I won't... Fr- efficient frontier. Efficient frontier. Look it, it up. You can it. Google it. It's been around a long, long time. Nobel Prize award winning folks have come up with the theory, uh, the efficient frontier. But yes, it basically says for any given level of risk or standard deviation, you should historically have received a certain amount of return. And if you're taking too much risk and not getting um, that rate of return, then your portfolio is inefficient and we should either dial the risk back and get the same rate of return or use a portfolio that has the same amount of risk but gets an efficient amount of return. So yeah, that's the that's my um, that's my take on the efficient frontier. Again, I can go uh, much more in depth and a lot more uh, investment nerd on that. But but I'll, I'll I digress. <laughs> well, let me try my side effect to show how my side effect works. It's called efficient frontier. Whoa. <laughs> how do you like that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, efficient frontier. I, that kind of makes some sense. That kind of makes some sense. So I'm sure listen, listeners are out there right now are thinking to themselves, hey, you know, I, I've, I've got a portfolio. I'm working hard trying to save my money. Uh, maybe I should have a second look. I mean, maybe your portfolio is exactly where it needs to be. Maybe it needs a little bit of a tweak. So I guess that kind of makes sense to uh, kind of think through that, that that situation. What, what would you say with what's going on now? I mean, the current environment now is crazy, and it seems like there's always crazy things going on in this crazy world, right? But but currently we've got some things that go up and down, backwards and forwards. What, what would you what would you tell somebody when they're worried about these ups and downs? Yeah, that basically I just tell folks to bury it in their backyard. Bury it in the backyard. No, 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 just kidding. We do have under, some we've got some clients that have tried to do that under tree. the mattress. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what a crazy time. Gosh, current events, the um, you know, even before the Ukraine and Russia thing, we were talking about inflation and unemployment rates, employment rates, GDP, all kinds of different things here, the political headwinds. But the truth is is that there's always been current events because they're current. So right now we're telling clients the same thing that we've been telling them for 24 years. And that's to 
to come on in, let us take a look at your investments, let's look at your portfolio and really make sure that the risk tolerance is right. When markets are going up, of course, no one worries about risk tolerance uh, because we're all making money. But in a down market, that's when you learn your true risk tolerance. So typically, we like to do a review, look over your holdings, make sure it still matches your long-term financial strategy. We do use rebalancing techniques, and that's where every single quarter without fail, we're going to sell off the things that are high, and we're going to buy back into the things that are low, which sometimes sounds goofy because I'll tell clients, you know, last year, uh, stocks or equities in general were up double digits. So boy, they did really great, and we sold them. Bonds didn't do that good, and we bought more. It sounds a little goofy. <laughs> a little goofy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but in other words, we're saying we sold high, and we bought back in low, and that's to rebalance your portfolio and to bring you back to the risk tolerance that that, that we agreed on going in uh, into our financial plan, and it doesn't get you overloaded one way or the other. Um, so again, we like to reevaluate risk at this time, rebalance the portfolios. One of the big things that we can utilize too is to stop the withdrawal rates if you're able to, meaning if uh, now's a good time to pull back on the withdrawals because as the shares go down in value, we have to pull out more and more shares. So on the way back up, we don't have the number of shares to, to get regain, those rates of return. You got it. And it is an emotional emotional business. We have one phone call. Oh my gosh, the, the sky is falling. This is happening. That's happening. The next phone call, we've got someone saying, I'd love to buy all in. We're down 30%. We need to buy all in. So again, we try and uh, not, we try and take the emotions out of it as much as possible. And it is a good time to buy in, maybe not in a lump sum, but to turn on a dollar cost average strategy where we're moving money out every month. If you've got some money sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, great, great. So, this, so this passive concept—we're talking about passive investing—is that kind of more what we refer to as, as managed money? We use a lot of the terms called managed money. What, what kind of exact is that? Kind of fit the passive mode using managed money? Yeah, yeah. Managed money can be both active and passive. Okay. Um, in fact, we've got a gosh, what a great current case study that we've just recently had, although it was somewhat painful. But if we go back to 2020, January of 2020, markets were at an all-time high. Everyone was doing great in their portfolios. And of course, an active manager might be overloading into stocks, trying to get even a bigger rate of return uh, in the year 2020, because surely the market's going to keep going. Then we had COVID that happened and the pandemic, and everyone knows what happened there in what, six weeks, down 20 plus percent. Slid off a cliff, huh? Absolutely. And who would have thought in January? January or early February that that would have happened. And so what happens is, is as the market's falling and now we're down, let's just say 20, 30% and, and we actively are managing um, and they sell out. So they sell at a 20% loss. Uh, and yet in June, July, the markets turned. And by the end of 2021, or I'm sorry, 2020, the markets were up in some cases, a lot of the portfolios we used were actually up double digits. And yet the folks that had sold out at a loss never got back in because again, we were absolutely terrible terrified of what's going to happen in the market, but the market is random. And, and so by utilizing a passive strategy, and we're saying we're just rebalancing, we are looking at our risk, we're making sure the risk matches our uh, risk appetite or need for risk, and we're not selling, we're not doing the wrong things at the wrong time, we were actually able to ride the low and and uh, take advantage of the, the great market returns that actually happened in 2020. And 2021 was the same way. January, February did great. Then we had Omicron, Omicron, yeah, Omicron. Um, um, 
Omicron. Uh, Omicron. Is that a cereal? Uh, breakfast cereal, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Whatever that was. With uh, marshmallows or without? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. Markets absolutely fell. And yet again, by doing the right thing and, and passively manage the portfolio by the end of the year, that was a tremendous up year last year, nice. um, where a lot of times the, the active managers were doing the wrong things at the wrong time and with added fees many times. Um, so again, managed the managed strategy or managed money can be either way, active or passive. Uh, it's just important to, to know what is your financial professional utilizing, active or passive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier the crystal ball theory. I mean, that's a, they're trying to guess what's going to happen, and Lord have mercy, we all have the, we're all looking at the same stuff, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> so yeah. I think you should buy this. What are you basing that on? Indigestion? <laughs> I, what, 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 emotion? Right. Can you help me understand? A lot of hot air. A lot of gas, hot air yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you mentioned something a minute ago that I want to get back to. You mentioned risk, and uh, so what are a couple basic factors that somebody should be thinking about? You know, when they're trying to determine their risk. Now, I know a lot of our clients are the 60 plus person, and of course, as you get closer to retirement, they need to pull back the reins a little bit based on kind of what they're doing and surely still be in the market if it makes sense based on their portfolio. And of course, a younger person, probably their risks are probably a little bit different. But what are a few things that people should be thinking about to help them determine, hey, what should my risk tolerance actually be? Yeah, great question. Again, the uh, we do utilize some uh, risk tolerance questionnaires, but kind of shy away from those because they're impersonal. And as you know, we get really close with our clients and almost think of them as family most of the time. There's a couple out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. yeah that, that aunt we all love. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the phone again. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so we do like to really bring it into a personal level where we're actually looking to see uh, a lot of times clients have a need for risk tolerance, meaning if you're needing to pull out 10, 12% out of your portfolio just to, to, to make your budget, to pay your bills and things like that. That means we have to take a, you know, a considerable amount of risk out in the stock market to try and get a good rate of return just to give you the income stream that you need. Uh, on the flip side, we have many clients that don't need any income at all. So there's not a, an income need or a risk need. We don't need to take a lot of risk, but they may choose to. They may say, well, we still want to use some equities. And here most recently, of course, with inflation, we know that if your money is sitting in a bank, um, in a money market account, or, uh, it is safe, but inflationary concerns are a big deal over a long period of time. So for the money that's out in the market, we're trying to, we're at least trying to combat that. So again, there's all kinds of different risk needs out there, but the biggest one typically is income. One of the more recent uh, things that we've seen over the last three to five years is what are we more mature? I was going to say older clients, but more mature <laughs> clients, uh, even up in well, cautious, their, buddy. there Be we cautious, go. There, yes. Uh, even up into their nineties, a lot of times they will actually do an about face and want to take a little more risk with their money that's out in the market. And they, they say things like, well, even if the market was down 50%, it doesn't affect our lifestyle. We're not using the money. We're going to give this to charity, kids, grandkids. So they actually want to take a little more risk sometimes knowing that, you know, a down market, they got to live through the down market to get the, the increased rates of returns. And they're okay with that because they've never pulled money out of the portfolio and things like that. So again, all types of risks are really different for every every family and where they're at on their journey. Yeah. So it really sounds like that you really have to sit down with people like like we do and, and get to know what, what, what their goals are, uh, what their dreams are are, where they're going to go, what their income income is coming in, what their expenses are going out, and really do that holistic plan to really help them determine, you know, what, what their risk is. And I've asked people in the past, hey, you know, what's your risk tolerance? And they look at me like I'm, you know, speaking Korean because people don't really have an understanding of that. So everybody should kind of review their risk and, and, and what their tolerances are that, to help apply to where they should be investing. So again, if you need some help with this, please reach out to us. Uh, you can you can hit the website at duckduckplan.com. You can also schedule a time, a 15-minute call with us. 
a 30-minute call with us. You can go to letstalkscott.com, letstalkscott.com, and actually just get right on our schedule, have a call, uh, a telephone call, or even a Zoom call to, again, start talking through some of this stuff. Uh, now, again, I know we're getting through halfway through the show here and getting towards the end here, but uh, I wanted to bring back up inflation for a second because I know inflation is just, <laughs> what was it last, I think last but 7.6% or something yeah, I, I seen. Say, well above 7.5%, yeah, well yeah. which, is, which is ludicrous. I mean, if you look back over inflation in the last 10 years, I think the average is about 1.88. But And of course, this inflation, you can't possibly imagine it would continue to go for the next 10 years, but but who knows? But how, how does that high inflation, I mean, how does that, what, what, what things should we, we be thinking about with our portfolio? How, how big of an effect does that have on our portfolio? Yeah, gosh, it, it is. It's, it's Isn't been that a little question for you there, right? Yeah, I was going to say, boy, that's a, that's <laughs> Give a, that's us a good a answer good there, yeah, Chris. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it is very important, I'll say that, because inflation really is the rise um, in the cost of goods and services. So as we all know, gas, for instance, is way high compared to what it was. But even if, as we look at the grocery or now, gosh, even housing and cars and all of that, it's all gone up. Well, if, if our cost of living is going up, but our income producing assets aren't matching at least matching inflation, then we're actually losing purchasing power. Mm-hmm. And for it, a year or two... Into the principal, huh? Absolutely, we need yes. to pull it out. Yeah, yeah. We've got to take more and more out, which means more and more risk. So absolutely, you have, you constantly are having to monitor for inflationary uh, reasons in a low inflation environment. The money money goes a lot farther. And again, a lot of times, especially in an up market, a lot of times everyone's happy because we can buy a lot more and our money goes farther. But boy, here lately, it is, it's stretching people thin and, and absolutely need to, to look back at the risk tolerance that we have and make sure the portfolio is the absolute right one for the family. Well, good, good, good. Well, you know, I like to try to keep it simple and keep it easy because, you know, easy gets things done, right? Complicated makes us confused and nothing happens. So a couple, three bullet points here for you. So here for the listening, listening audience out there, number one is that overlap report. You, you absolutely should have an overlap report done. We do those complimentary. All that's going to do is help you understand what investments you have that are overlapping each other that are really keeping you into the same risk category. And the second thing is that risk report that we want to say, how much risk do we have to take to get the same or even a better return, right? What's that report called? Um, that one is the, I'm going to call it the holistic report. Holistic report. Yeah. I love it. I I, love I've it. got an investment nerd uh, yeah, technical term. Yeah, I love we'll that. Call it the, the holistic, the holistic report. report. Yeah. How much risk do we actually need to take to get the same return or even a better return? Uh, and of course, the last thing is lowering fees. I mean, Lord have mercy, if we can get to, to a situation where we can help you, help you lower your fees, that's just going to help your overall return. And that kind of makes sense. And, and you, you've mentioned earlier, we've seen some fees that are absurd. I mean, you know, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 is probably pretty average out there, but we've seen people charging 2%, 2.5%. Okay. You know, and the people, and they're telling people, hey, listen, you, I'm, I'm charging you 2% because. I'm good. Yeah, to get my advice, you got to pay for it. I'm good. I'm good. Again, we all get the same information. If we can help lower that cost or lower some of those fees, it just helps with the overall overall return. Absolutely. So listen, I was, I'm excited you were on the show today. Again, uh, I don't think this was too dry and too exciting. I think more and more listeners are going to come back. They want those reports. Again, reach out to us, duckduckplan.com, or you can schedule that call with us at letstalkscott.com, letstalkscott.com. Any final thoughts, Chris, you want to throw at us? Oh, gosh, I would just say thanks a lot for having me. It is, uh, again, always nice to talk to a fellow investment nerd or an investment nerd in training. Um, <laughs> and I will say that the holistic approach, got that is, I mean, that is hands down the 
the best approach possible. A lot of times when I was early in the business before we worked together, you know, I would see people that had a great portfolio, but they end up losing a, a bunch of it because long-term care happens or estate planning issues happen, or they, they didn't have a trust or a will, or they didn't have life insurance. So to really sit down and look how you work with the clients and from all angles, uh, protecting, constantly protecting what they worked hard for, that holistic approach really is second to none in the industry. Um, and, and again, looking at all angles is absolutely a wonderful job for your, for the clients. Well, great, great, great. Well, listen, I, I do appreciate you having you on the show and we'll have you on the show again. Uh, that's absolutely for sure. But hey, Eric, you still on the line with us here? I am. Man, this has been great. fantastic. Learned a ton. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I was just hoping. I didn't hear you snoring, so I didn't think I put you to sleep, so that's a good thing. <laughs> no, I just Sometimes that happens. Well, he, well, he's got a mute button, though. He does have a mute button. Oh, mute God. Button. Now yeah. I know your secrets. Now I know your secrets. Yeah, I was, I was just waiting for Scott to uh, say that one phrase really quick and, and get himself into some trouble. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's boys. happened to me twice oh, at, yeah. at seminars. I'm, I have said I'm, it a little too quick. I'm <laughs> never going to say that phrase. Never, 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 never. Hey, Eric, do you have, I mean, you've done tons and tons of podcasts with a lot of different people. You have anything else that you maybe a question or so anything else you want to throw it with chris here why i've got him on the show i don't have a question what i do have is is this i love the fact that one of the things you ended on was fees all of this all of the work that both of you do um it it doesn't mean a whole lot if if somebody's going to charge them a ton of fees and and that's going to deplete a lot of the finances that they have that, that is supposed to be there for growth so i love the fact that you're even just offering that hey let's look at your fees let's look at what other people are charging you and see if it's extreme, if it's something that we can help you with, because I think we're all tired. I think the entire audience is tired of fees, no matter where they're coming from, from a banking system or from subscriptions that we don't even know we have. We, we just realize, man, we're getting charged all these things. And if they're getting overcharged a larger percentage and they could be saving that money, I think that that helps everybody all the way around. So I love that. I love the, the, the fact great. that you ended with that. I feel the same way. That's why the Scotty Show is here, baby, helping you out, getting you educated, and helping you get your ducks in a row, baby. That's right. Well, Chris and Scott, wonderful show. Thank you so much again. And, of course, our last thank you is always for you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Scotty Show with Scott Leonardi. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Scott comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Complete Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you, it's time to get your ducks in a row. Thank you for listening to The Scotty Show. Remember, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Live life like it's your job. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Complete Solutions, Inc. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice, tax advice, or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 